I know uh, there's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt that a lot of people bring every Sunday. And one of the things the cross did, and it, it did many things, one thing the cross did is it gives us a place to take our pain to the one who took all the pain into himself, all the punishment into himself. Our uh, upper division kids can leave to go to children's church this morning. Brother Mark is going to be teaching them. I know last week you guys honored Brother Will, uh, who has helped us with this, and he's been a huge blessing to us. And uh, we'll try to keep you posted on his ministry from time to time. This morning I want to step back and go big picture. So most of my preaching is focused on individual passages and focused on those passages and kind of thinking about what do these passages say. And uh, this morning is different. And then this morning we're going to step back and we're going to go big picture. I do want us to look at a text to start and then we'll, we'll draw back and look at this big picture of motherhood. So go ahead and go to Luke chapter 7 and let's read one encounter that a mother had with Jesus. encounter that a mother had, and I think this encounter that this mother had with Jesus is about as low uh, as a mother can get. She's about the lowest state that a mother can be in. Uh, and moms, I want you to think about that. Obviously, I'm not a mother, but moms, when we read this text, I want you to think about, is, is this about as low as a mom could get? Let's, let's see this encounter. Uh, I believe this woman is unnamed. We don't know her name. Uh, we're not told much about her story, but we do Read this encounter that she had with Jesus. It came to pass the day after that he, Jesus, went into the city called uh, Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. So I don't think this is just the twelve. I think this is a big group of people that are associated with, at this time, affiliated with uh, the Jesus movement and his teaching and what he's about. And he's making it increasingly clear through more teaching and more miracles. Uh, it's becoming more evident what he's about, and it's actually confusing people. Uh, it's becoming clearer, and it's confusing people because Jesus uh, is not doing things exactly as they expected. So it says there are a lot of people that go into the city with him. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city were with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier. He touched uh, the funeral. Uh, it'd be the equivalent maybe of a casket, the way we carry a casket out after the funeral. He touched the bier. And they that bury him, those that were carrying the young man, stood still. He stops it. He stops the procession. And he says, Young man... I say unto you, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen among us, and that God has visited his people. And this rumor, this story, this tale, this thing that Jesus had done, went forth throughout all Judea, and throughout all the region round about. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said unto her, Weep not. He that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he, Jesus, delivered him 
to his mother. I don't mind uh, telling you today that Mother's Day is both an easy day and a tough day to be a preacher. Uh, It's tough because I could never say enough and certainly could not say it adequately about how special my mom is or how special the mother of my uh, children is. I mean, uh, I have a great mom and my wife is a great mother. One of the things that Ethan did for his mom, the boys made cards for their mom uh, last night, made homemade cards and they drew things on it and they uh, made pictures in it and, 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 and Ethan had with his, he had a little flower and a little cardboard, you know, a little, uh, not cardboard, but um, construction paper flower. And on it, it said, coupon, coupon. And it had three little leaves on it. It said, coupon, three free kisses, three free kisses. And you know what he did this morning? He gave her that, and then he reached up, and he grabbed a hold of her neck right there in front of me, and he gave her one peck on this side and one peck on this side, and then he smooched her right in the middle, and he turned around at me and laughed in my face. And Laura was grinning from ear to ear the whole time. I couldn't say enough about my mom or my mother. I could never say enough with human words to adequately describe the great mothers that some of you are in this room. I cannot show honor to moms for all the behind the scenes things that often go unnoticed and are very much underappreciated. Many times our moms have gone beyond, way beyond what they have been called to do. The Bible lays out what we may call the law, the instruction for what God demands that a mother be and what God expects a mother to be. But the truth is, many mothers in this room have gone far beyond that. Cleaning the dirty diapers, wiping the snotty noses, mothers who put themselves last in so many situations, mothers who protect their kids like a grizzly bear with her cub, mothers uh, who are like a mother A cow who fend the wolves off from a newborn calf. Sometimes, listen to this, it's different for different moms. Brother Ronnie and I, Lee and I, when I first came, I remember we had several discussions about somebody ought to do a sermon series on both and. Some things in life are either or, but some things in life are both and. Did you know some moms, listen to this, see motherhood's not the same for everybody. There's some things that are same, there's some things that are different. Some moms provide by working one, two, or three jobs. When I was in college, one of the things that changed me internally was a young man named Brett Hudson, who was a good good friend of mine. Once I got my life straightened off and I, I got out of drugs, Brett was somebody that I hung out with a lot because he was a good Christian guy. And Brett was there at private college, and he was there at this Christian college, and his father uh, was an artist. And his father had left his mother when he was young and was not faithful in a relationship. And Brett's mom raised Brett and his brother. And she worked two jobs and went to college to get a teaching degree so she could get a a better job uh, where she wouldn't have to work two jobs. So at one point in her life, she's working two jobs and she's going to college and raising two boys by herself because that's what it meant to be a good mom. So some moms have to get the extra job or the third job. Some moms uh, get the extra jobs. Other moms, to be a good mom, means putting their career on hold. Some moms, it's not getting another job. It's stopping the career that they have, which means they're not going to have the money to buy the new clothes or the new car or to spend more on a better vacation. Some moms stop making money so that they can stay home and make more memories with their children. 
My mom did that for me. She stopped her career to help be home with her family. My own wife, a couple of years ago, took a major, massive pay cut. It was massive. Took a massive pay cut so that she could be a better pastor's wife and be a better mom to her kids. We thought that this money, this is not what matters. What, what matters, it'd be a lot better, if, and, and, it, and this is the job she got, it'd be a lot better if this summertime you could be with your kids. And so in my wife's case, she stopped her career to come back home. Other moms have to get another job. They, they don't, for them to be a good mom means something different. Both of those things are true, and I believe God honors both. If you believe that, say amen. Depends on where you're coming from. Depends on your circumstance. Some moms get extra jobs. Some take less work. Both can be the right choice. Both can be God's will, depending upon your situation. That's what moms do. Moms do what's best for the family. Moms come home and wash clothes and wash dishes. They cook. They clean. They pray for us. Some of us, they pray for us often, usually behind the scenes. They stay up at night. They worry. They contemplate. They plead with their children to do right. And they plead with God to have mercy when they do wrong. Late at night, when the rest of the world sleeps, mothers are awake. This happened the other night at our house. This is the difference between dad and mom, at least in my case. It might be different for you, but, and I think many people this is true. There are certainly exceptions, but just the other week, Owen had a big field trip. And uh, this field trip was going to require him to ride a bus. And he was going to have to ride the bus from Cookville to uh, Murphy. Was it Murfreesboro, Laura? Yeah, to Murfreesboro. And uh, I, I uh, come home or whatever was going on, and, and Laura says to me, uh, she says, boy, Owen is really upset. And uh, Owen says he cannot ride the bus, that he needs me to either ride with him or he wants to ride in my car to Murfreesboro. And I said, well, why is he saying this? And she said, well, he's convinced himself that if he rides in the bus, he'll suffocate and die before he gets to Murfreesboro. And uh, he tells her all this. And I look at Laura and I'm like, he'll be all right. He'll be okay. He's not going to die. Put him on the bus, make him go. You know, Laura was up worrying about it. Worrying about, is Owen going to be okay? Is he going to be okay tomorrow? I want him to enjoy this field trip. And I'm just thinking, just, just toss him on the bus. By the way, he didn't die. He's here today. He made it. But a mom worries. Because that's what moms do. When the Bible says not to fear and warns us that worry can consume us and that God doesn't want this for that. He meant it for moms too. And for some of you, it is, it's a battle. It's a constant battle to trust God more than your worry. But moms, can I tell you today that God is bigger than your worry? He is. And He just wants you to bring that worry to Him and that struggle, that pleading, that concern. He invites you. He invites you to bring that to Him. So moms plan and moms pray for the best for their kids. And moms are patient. Now they, they have their breaking point. They have their breaking point. Sometimes in our house, uh, the boys and I will do something, and we'll do it four or five times, and Laura will look at me and she'll say, this is why I explode sometimes. This is why. I can't tell you how much I truly learned from my mother 
or how much I have learned from many of the godly women that sit in this room today. The Lord has graciously placed you in our lives and in our church. And I want on Mother's Day, and I feel it's appropriate to say thank you to all the moms, and I want to say sorry on behalf of all of us for all the grief that we have caused you. And today I want God's Word to honor you, each of you, and I want it to teach us about what moms mean to the story of the Bible. When I look into and I study God's Word, I see many different moms. And so today, instead of just thinking about one, I just want to share several of them with you because moms have different jobs and different attitudes and different lives, and many moms face different outcomes. And so first, I see Mary. I see Mary, the mother of Jesus. I see how God chose her to be the mother of the child. Mary was chosen to be the mother of Jesus, not because she was divine. Oh, no. Mary was a human being like you and me. In fact, it was, in fact, it was partly because she was an ordinary woman that God chose her. You see, Mary needed a Savior just as much as Joseph, just as much as me, and just as much as you. So Mary gave birth to a Savior, raised him as God directed. She changed his diapers. She wiped Jesus' nose. She loved Jesus. She taught Jesus. And then she watched as her son died for her sins and our sins. Mary, an ordinary woman, but also a special woman, a unique woman. For this is the woman who cared for the Son of God. My mind goes from Mary to the Old Testament to Hannah. Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel, a barren woman who longed for a child, who made a promise to God that if he would just give her one, then she would dedicate him to the Lord's service. She would teach him. She would prepare him. She would fulfill her promise. She would take him and give him to the Lord's work. A wonderful Hannah was, a wonderful, godly woman that God blessed. He blessed her obedience and gave her more children and more joy. So I think of Mary and I think of Hannah. But on Mother's Day, I also think of Bathsheba. Not normally a woman who gets credited with being a good mother. She was an adulteress. She was a mother who got off to a very, very bad start. We can sympathize. We don't know all the story. And so many people have given in in the face of those with power. But when David summoned her, we can, we can wonder. Did she willingly engage all this? Was she afraid? What was going on? With Bathsheba, whatever the case was, Bathsheba was not faithful to her husband. She slept with the king. She got off to a horrible start. But she ended with a great finish. The mother of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. Solomon would be the wisest man who ever lived. And I have no doubt that Bathsheba, like most mothers, played a part in his uprising and the man that he became. If Bathsheba's not quite bad enough for you as a mom. What about Rahab? The Bible says Rahab, she did not cheat on her husband one time. Rahab was a prostitute. And even so, this prostitute, when confronted with the truth of the Lord, became obedient to the Lord. And her name, the name of Rahab, is listed among the lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not a lot is said about the mothering of Rahab. But not much needs to be said more than she is in the line from which Jesus came. Which tells me that if your life mom has started off wrong, even if you have not been faithful, 
Even if you have not waited for marriage, even if you have engaged in sin since you've been married, the story of Rahab tells me that if your motherhood got off to a bad start, there's still hope for you. Maybe you're that woman today that there are some things about your past that you hope your kids never ever learn. Don't worry. God blessed Rahab when she became obedient and God can bless you. Amen, church? So on Mother's Day, let's not pretend that all mothers are perfect. Let's not pretend that all mothers are a Mary. There's a Bathsheba and a Rahab. A Rahab who the family from which Jesus comes. Bathsheba and Rahab show me that God can use less than perfect people in amazing ways. Then my mind goes from 1 Kings to 2 1 Kings to one of the most interesting stories in the Bible. In 1 Kings we see this one Solomon raised uh, by Bathsheba's mother and, and David and given wisdom by God. Bathsheba, her son Solomon, one day is king and two mothers come to him. These two mothers are fighting over one child. One mom's child had died and she tried to steal the child of another woman and claimed that it was her. So Solomon interceded with the wisdom of a king. His solution, if you know the story, was to split the child in half. And by the way, I'm not talking about joint custody. He literally said, can't agree on whose child it is, we'll split the child in half, which was a wise decision. For Solomon knew that the real mother would never, ever, 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 ever agree that a mother's love is so deep that if it meant letting her son go so that he could live, she would be willing to do it. Preferring the child to live. Preferring to lose her child. She proved she was the mom. And she was rewarded for her selflessness. Can I crack off that for a second dying losing a child may be the pinnacle of pain for a mom maybe but there's another pain that in another way is just as deep that I've learned pastoring there are some moms that your children make decisions they make choices and you realize that you cannot enable them anymore. Because actually enabling them is the worst thing you can do. Some moms lose their children to death. Some moms lose their children because they know that they must let the child go. And the pain that a mother goes through. When she knows I have to let this child go and do this path. I cannot be the mother hen anymore. I must release them or this will never end well. The faith that it takes for a mother to do that is unreal. And there are multiple, not one or two, there are multiple women in this room that at one time or another you have had to make that choice. And can I tell you today, God sees your pain. And Jesus loves you and Jesus loves your child you see we give a trinket on Mother's Day just to say hey we remember but there is no way that anyone other than the Lord Jesus 
could reach down and love some of you mothers in this room the way that you deserve to be loved. Many more moms come to my mind. There's Jacobin who gave up Moses, gave up Moses to save him. Moses would be raised essentially by two mothers, one of them a pagan woman, but she knew she had to do that to spare his life. Sometimes, moms, you don't get to make the easy choice. Sometimes you are forced with difficulties. Can you imagine the fear that she went through as she put Moses in that water, but knew we must save this child, even if it means, even if it means he's found by a, a pagan woman. God will provide. God will be faithful. God will show away. You know, we don't need any more church services where the preacher comes in and the people come in and we act as if everything is hunky-dory and everything is easy in this life. Life is not easy, but God loves us. And no one knows more than a mother hard choices that you have to make. So many churches today will play a game. They will play a game about motherhood. The Bible gives us such a big picture of motherhood because the Bible wants us to know, I believe part of it is God wants you to know that whatever mother you are and wherever you are in your story, that we serve a big God and he sees it all. Jacob had gave up Moses to save him. Timothy's mother and grandmother, they didn't have to give their child up, but they made sure since they didn't that they trained him in the word of the Lord. And then there are all the unnamed mothers Throughout scripture, literally, we could go on and on and on. But here is what I want you to understand today. Each of these women in the Bible is special. Each had their own unique job to do. Each had very varied parts to play. Some good, some bad, some way past bad. But each one rose when it mattered. They rose to the occasion that God gave them. And they became the mom that God wanted them to be. So I know from the Bible, and it's abundantly clear, that mothers are a huge part, an important part of God's kingdom and God's story. We all have moms, some by birth, some by adoption, some by proxy, some in this strange, and I would dare say unethical world that we live in. Some do not know their mothers because they were born in a lab. You know, we've had people come in our church, and maybe today we have those that the, what's needed was brought together and a child was conceived, but there are those that don't know who mom and dad is, and the way they were conceived and born would have been un- unknown a hundred years ago. Can I tell you that even if you are a test tube baby, can I tell you that God loves you? He loves you. You may not know, but God knows where that seed of life that he gave, he he knows your story and he knows your people. He wants you to know today that he loves you. Moms are important. Some by birth, some by adoption, some by proxy. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Noah all had moms. Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Isaiah, Daniel, David, Solomon, Peter, Paul, and Jesus himself all had a mom. Behind each of these great men, including our Lord and Savior, was a mom who protected them, a mom who provided for them, a mom that was important to them, a mother who prayed for them. Turn to Proverbs 31, verse 10. Go to the Old Testament and listen 
It's what the Word of God says about a virtuous woman. Listen to what the Word of the Lord would say. What a great question the writer of Proverbs writes. Proverbs 31.10 Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price, what is her price? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. His wife is enough. The love of his wife is enough. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night, gives meat to her household and a portion to her maiden. She considers a field. She's a wise woman. She considers a field and buys it. And with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives, perceives that her merchandise is good and her candle goes not out by night. She's up working, laboring, thinking. She lays her hands to the spindle. Her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. She doesn't just care for her own. Her motherly instincts reach out to others. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. And when he sits among the elders of the land, she makes fine linen and sells it, delivers girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. By the way, that's not some list that you're expected to just lift up, live up to. This list is given to show these are the attributes of a good woman. You should not beat yourself up if you feel like I can't live up to the Proverbs 31 woman. Really, in some ways, that is a goal to show us this, this is what to strive for. But it's, it's, listen, if you say I have failed today, I can never be this woman. That text is not given to just beat you up. That text is given to, to show you a path, a way. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. There is few things worse than a woman at home or in church or anywhere else that uses her mouth to talk about things, to gossip about things, uh, to say things that are not true. There are few, and men too. The Bible says don't use your mouth for that. When she opens her mouth with wisdom, there's wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. Moms, you can do a lot of damage to your children and your family. You can also be a great conduit of grace. Mothers, you play an important role with that tongue. The mood that you set for your family life. She looks well to the ways of her household. Verse 27, she eats not the bread of idleness. I'll give my own wife and mother tribute today. They're not idle women. They're not idle. They work, they labor, they work in the church. They don't waste a lot of time. It says she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously but you exceed them all. Favor is deceitful. People will favor you sometimes because they want something from you. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain because 
eventually beauty will fade and beauty cannot save you when the day of death comes. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. This woman does not have to blog about how great she is. This woman is known by the fruits of what she does that others see and others praise and others recognize. This is a virtuous woman. This is a path for mothers to see and aspire to. Oh, the world is going to set the... This is what the world does. You see, the world either sets the bar way too high where you could never achieve it, or it sets it too low. That's just how the world works. It either sets, it sets marks that you could never achieve to. Right? I mean, you look at the beauty of the supermodels and the women on TV and the women that have it all together. They have the job. They have the babies. They have the time to go to all the social functions. You think, how could I ever do that? You can't do that. That's a deception, a, a lie of society. Or if it doesn't do that, society says, well, motherhood, who cares about motherhood? Dad and mom, that's, that's optional. Uh, they'll be fine. The child will be fine. You, that, 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 no, don't, let's not overrate it. The fact is we should not set the bar at a place where it can never be reached because then you would be defeated all the time. But we must also never undermine motherhood because God created mothers. Proverbs 31 tells us what a godly woman is, what godly character looks like. So we know today that God uses women from all works of life with varied, varied paths to accomplish His purposes today. So let us also thank, say thank you to moms. I encourage you today, tell your own mother thank you. Tell her that you love her and mean it. And show her that you love her. She knows, your mom knows, but she needs to be reminded again. Praise God for your mother. You know today, church, and this is right from the heart, the things about the women in Scripture, that's found other places that help me think about that, but this is from my heart to the heart of our church. I would hate to think today where I would be without my mom. When drugs had a hold of my mind, and I was afraid to go to sleep because I was afraid the nightmares that were connected to that were going to come back. You know who sat up with me at the kitchen table? Not you. My mother sat with me at the kitchen table. Where would I be without my mother? I don't know. Worse yet, I hate to think about where I'd be without my Savior, without Jesus. And you know who first told me about Jesus? My mother. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of moms. Thank you for Jesus who died for the moms of the year and also for the bad moms. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for the good moms. And dear Lord, thank you you gave Jesus for the good moms, but also the moms who are a complete train wreck. Father God, help us to honor our mothers. and Help us to honor your son. Lord, I ask this today on Mother's Day in Jesus' name. Amen.